There are lots of things you can spend your tax refund on, but one thing you don't have to spend it on? A new smartphone. Switch to MetroPCS now and get not one, but two free 4G LTE smartphones for brands like Samsung and LG. Plus, you're on T-Mobile's blazing fast nationwide 4G LTE network. Hurry, switch to MetroPCS and get two free smartphones after instant rebate. One heck of a deal, only at MetroPCS. Limited time offer. Sales tax not included in phone price. Coverage and services not available everywhere. See store for details and terms and conditions. Ah! <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. I hope you enjoyed this first of two interviews I pre-recorded with spirit medium David Baker. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. You've come to the right place for spiritual conversation, enlightening guests, and on-air readings. You are very welcome here. Time and distance are no barrier to energy, and that means that whenever you're tuning in, I think you're here for a reason. I hope something you hear in the next hour strikes your interest, shines a light on something for you, and helps you move forward. My guest on today's show is spirit medium David Baker. I love having David on the show because the conversation can go literally anywhere. But we're going to start by talking about what can happen when people open the doors to spirit. And sometimes they open those doors without taking proper precautions and without knowing what they're doing. This all came up because David shared a video on Facebook about the dangers of paranormal investigation and some common tip, some common sense tips from John Zaffis about what to know before you get into investigating. And this topic, the darker stuff, is something that we talk about very rarely on this show. We're usually more kind of rainbows and unicorns and kittens and... I think forewarned is forearmed. If you're going to explore, be sure that you have the right tools at your disposal. If you're going to open a door, be sure that you are prepared for what you meet when the door opens. Now, I'll bring David on the air in just a second, but first, if you would head over to FogCityPsychic.com, just go ahead over there and begin clicking on everything. That's a great place to find out about upcoming shows. I've got some great guests coming up, great, some great stuff. There are classes and events you can find out about, and you can even book a private intuitive session with me, if you're so inclined. So that's FogCityPsychic.com. And now, David Baker is a medium who has the ability to communicate with the spirits of deceased loved ones and pets in the spirit world. When spirit comes through during a reading and he connects, he starts communication and he passes messages of love, guidance, healing, and sometimes forgiveness with the intention of comforting the person or people who've come to him for a reading. David's readings provide proof of life after death, and they always offer some degree of closure and reassurance that their loved one still exists, albeit on the other side, and they're just a thought away. David is the author of the very good book, The Spirit Garden, A Medium's Journey. He's the host of Beyond the Gate Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio, and you can get more information about David and his work at davidbakerspiritmedium.com. David, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me. Oh, I love having you. And I mean what I say. I, one of the reasons I like having you on the show is that I never really know where we're going to go. You are someone with 
a tremendous amount of information about a lot of different things. Um, your website's a great resource for people who want information. And I thank you for agreeing to be here today to talk about maybe the, the darker side, maybe the part that, that we don't look at when we're doing our kittens and unicorns and positive affirmations. Thank you for being willing to come in and talk about the darker stuff a little bit. My pleasure. And I think that it's necessary. You know, because even in, in my training and research and everything, and on some radio shows, you know, there's nothing wrong, don't get me wrong, with touchy-feely and all this commune with the angels and let's ascend and let's do this and do that and hold hands. That's beautiful. That's But there's people that are there that are encouraged to really get into it and may have have some abilities and don't know what to do and, and want to start using them. And all they see is, you know, star bright, starlight, <laughs> sunshine, angels, and little birdies. Mm -hmm. But nobody bothers to tell them, hey, when you do this, you got to be careful and you have to be specific and tell them why. And that's where people have gotten themselves in trouble, including new mediums and ghost investigators that have come to me with attachments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why are we so why are we so fascinated with the paranormal? To me I feel like this has picked up, like we're having a resurgence. Why are we so interested? Well, they have been doing this, you know, for ages. It was, you know, since written history uh, other cultures, you know, the Romans and the Greeks, and you name it, from way back when, have always used, you know, prophets and other people that practice similar things in that field to, you know, predict, you know, astrology, whatever. Will we win if we were to try to fight, you know, Greece mm -hmm. or, um, is are the stars favorable for war or who will be the next emperor or something like that mm -hmm. throughout the ages it's been here until you know the fox sisters started it in uh 1847 in hyattsville new york when they heard rappings in their home mm -hmm. you know that that's a famous movement called the uh hyattsville rappings mm -hmm. and that really started out in recent history to get all the wheels turning again, uh, mainly in a movement called spiritualism. But during that time, there was a uh, in the 20s and 30s and later, there was a famous magician named Houdini who really wanted to look into that. Now, as you well know, these days most magicians hate psychics and mediums, but he really felt there was something to it. He he looked into it. Unfortunately, he went to a medium that was a fraud. No matter what field you have, there's always going to be somebody in there trying to do some shuckster in there trying to make money off innocent people. So he set out, he was so angered by that, he set out to debunk every single psychic medium he could find. And then uh, World War II came, everything quieted down. After the war, our parents tell us because of all that publicity, there couldn't be anything, there's no, no such thing as a ghost or psychic medium or, or any of that stuff. Things quieted down until the uh, new age of Aquarius started up in the 60s. The hippies 
the hippie movement and all kinds of people, the flower children, which extended out to mediums and healers and all that stuff. Well, around 2000, everybody was looking for 2012, and then those conversations got toward what's going to happen, and you know, all these great thinkers started thinking about many things. A lot of light workers started waking up. James Van Prague uh, had a TV show, John Edwards, and everything, and it just kept blossoming from there. And the great spirit guide, uh, Silver Birch, said that before these things were stopped, but they're back in operation now. The veil is thinning. Now it's time. More people's abilities are opening up. These TV shows started to uh, spring up little by little from Sylvia Brown, Jim Van Pratt, John Edward on TV, then uh, Ghost Hunters. From there, it just really took off. Mm-hmm. And why are the veils thinning now? Why are so many more people becoming? Because I see through my work, I mean, a big part of what I try to do, David, is help people who are becoming aware of their gifts, help them find ways to use them in in safe, positive ways. Why are more people waking up now? The cleansing of the earth, you know, the civil war, the wars in Europe and Angola, the civil war, uh, World War One, World War Two, and all that stuff afterwards. Okay, now those times are over. The greed on the earth, those times are coming to an end. Now it's time to start going back to the other direction to where we should be. The veil is thinning, and one reason is perhaps is because the Earth's rotation is uh, going 14% faster than it was 50 years ago. That causes time to speed up. People are saying, how come the time, and the time never used to go by this fast, the year never used to go by that fast. You can't see it while you're in it, but when you look back on it, it does. That is bringing the veil closer to us, thinning. Plus, there's more spirit teachers on the other side that are also coming closer to us and more people coming here and waking up than ever before to be a light worker. So those are some of the reasons why all this is happening, because of the great shift. Is it... I talked to somebody the other day. I I love all the paranormal shows that are on TV. I view them more as entertainment than I do an instruction manual about how I should be (laughs) interacting with the paranormal. Um, But I love all those shows. And someone said to me the other day, do you know that when you you watch those shows, you're opening yourself up and it's dangerous, you shouldn't even watch those shows? What do you you think about those shows? Is it... um, is it harmful to is it harmful to watch them? Should we not be paying attention? What what do you think? I think that it's good entertainment. Now, now if you have a paranormal uh, team doing an investigation, you know, and there's a few things that happen during the night, but nothing really exciting. You know, you, after it's on TV once or twice, people are going to change another channel. They're going to just be yawning. Ah, this is interesting, <laughs> but nothing's going on. So, I'm not saying, well, I've heard the producers say to some people that you've got to put a little more pizzazz in this, like if you're afraid of something, act like you're really afraid, put a little bit more action into it. Now, I'm not saying this all shows, maybe some shows, I've 
somebody on Facebook told me that they were picked to be in the film series for that, and they turned it down because they said they wanted to make up stuff and do this, you know, because they wanted it exciting for people to watch it. So, you know, you never really know for sure. But when you watch those things, there, you know, there's a lot of it that looks like it's, you know, true evidence to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not there, I can't say I'm just watching on TV, but they show some really good evidence. So that's very interesting if you're interested in it. But if you're interested in it, you better find out as much as you can about it instead of just jumping into it, because even paranormal investigators are actually opening up the door to the spirit world. And you've seen those people on there that got scratches. Yep. And um, what's the name of that? Ghost Adventures. They were interviewing him. They said, oh, yeah, Ghost followed us home. Yeah. I got an attachment. It ruined my marriage. Now I'm divorced. And all kinds of things started happening. Even uh, Christopher St. Booth, who, who makes a lot of uh, movies on sci-fi, they're... Um, documentaries about the paranormal stated that something after he filmed this one documentary he was in the hotel room something grabbed him by leg and yanked him out of bed I mean, I've heard all the stories so you know you have to be really careful this stuff is real it's interesting too because um, part of my background David is I worked as an actor for many years and I was um, also did a little bit of producing of independent film and I um, hired for a film that I was producing, hired a makeup artist who had worked with a team of a very successful paranormal show, which is no longer on the air. Um, and this uh, person had worked as a makeup artist when that team had traveled to a location near where we were filming. And what she had said, and I said, oh, you worked on that show, and oh, how cool. And she said, well, actually, you really have to. I didn't know what to think of it before I went. Everyone was really nice. We all had a really good time, a great shoot. But it's entertainment. And it is, and it is done with a real eye for how is this going to come off on the screen. And she said that she was really aware through that she has an interest in in kind of paranormal things herself. And she said it really kind of made her think about how if she was going to do and go and do a paranormal investigation, it would be very different from what she sees on TV, just because genuine investigation is difficult to do under those kind of artificial circumstances that are imposed just because you're filming it. Right, you, You're setting out to make something for entertainment. That's different than if you and I, David, together go in somewhere to find out what the heck is going on. It is, but I've heard that uh, on the set of The Exorcist, the famous movie, mm -hmm. uh, strange things happen. And uh, on another show, let's see, with Bruce Willis, I forget the name of that, but they, they were filming in a... Uh, if you freeze a frame in a certain part of the picture, you can see a silhouette of a little, you know, shadow standing behind a curtain. Mm -hmm. Yet they, you know, the article came out about it, and they said, no, there was nobody there on the set, so that must be an anomaly. So, you know, you never know. Mm -hmm. Well, but, and it's, it's true that cameras catch things that we don't see, that we don't see with our eyes, too. And another thing, uh, in... England and who knows where else and I'm not really talking about people that practice you know, white magic or, written or uh, Wiccan or witchcraft but there are some groups it's not necessarily Satanism either it is uh, practicing black magic 
period doesn't matter if they're pagan or whatever it is but they're practicing dark magic that some groups have uh done a lot of bad things and you know when they do that it's going to come back on them eventually but they try to conjure up these beings to do different things including cursing uh movies horror movies and the DVDs and videos and all that so that when people go to see them they will leave with a spirit you know a bad spirit now, I've, I've read that in my research too many people don't know that so you know, if you're the type that likes to go see horror movies make sure you know it won't hurt to say a prayer of protection before you go and after you leave I know it sounds really way off but I've read that in my research well, and to me, invoking psychic protection is never a mistake. Um, it is something that we should be doing all the time anyway, not out of fear, like, no, you know, the scary thing is coming to get me, but out of an understanding that we are spiritual beings in physical bodies, we are interacting with the world. It's important to be protected in our energy so that we have, you know, the best possible interactions that, that we can have. So being, using, and... um not skipping the step of um, protecting yourself psychically, I would think that would be a first step for anybody who is interested in doing paranormal investigation. It's, it's logical. It's not out of fear. It's just, you know, precaution. Yep. When you get in your car and drive on the freeways, you put on the seatbelt, not out of fear, just as a precaution. Yes. Otherwise, if you were fearful, you wouldn't even get in the car in the first place. Yes exactly right and that's why I don't think it's ever wrong to go ahead and invoke that psychic protection whether you're going to the to the you know the horror movie or going to the grocery store which um, <laughs> we should really be protected and and uh, and engaged in how we are using our energy all the all the time but most people aren't are they no not really <laughs> <laughs> So how what are some of the ways that people can open doors, either intentionally or unintentionally, to, I don't even know what to call it, what should I call it? What am I opening the door to if I am clueless and I see an episode of Ghost Hunters and then I go scampering off to the haunted house with no psychic protection and my brand new digital audio recorder? Well, I'm going to be honest with you, you can be anywhere, even in your own living room. Spirits are everywhere. The dimension is close to us. It's all around us. And to tap into that, you know, there are spirits wanting badly to communicate with us, both good and bad. And um, I'm not talking about the crossover spirit, somebody that died and not hung around here as a ghost, but, you know, went to the into the light. Now they're in a sea of love. They're not like that. But the ones that remain behind, both good and bad, and the inhuman spirits, and other types of entities out there they want to they don't have a body and a lot of them want to get into a body for one reason or another to open the spiritual door all you have to do is pull out a pendulum and start asking the pendulum on the map to give me directions or use a pendulum over a Ouija board or use a Ouija board use oracle cards tarot, angel, any kind of oracle cards, cast runes, do skyrene, you know, looking in a crystal ball um, or in a mirror, 
opening up psychic abilities, mediumship abilities. Uh, even a lot of people, when they're doing healing, they, you know, great healers have spirits in the system. And if some of those people do a ritual, you know, before they do their healing, they're opening up a door. If you go to a haunted location and you're asking the spirit to do something with your recorder for EVP or, you know, to, you know, you're inviting spirit in to work with them so you can get some evidence. All those things are opening the door and giving uh, spirit permission to come in. And that doesn't, if I'm understanding you, it doesn't mean don't do those things, but it means do those things how? First of all, you know, not everybody's religious, but they must believe in something if they're going after paranormal investigation. So if you don't have a, an angel, a spirit guide, or a god, or something, you know, to pray for protection, at least, you know, surround yourself with white light for protection. Even if you have, like, a, a favorite crystal that's a power crystal, and you use that for protection instead, or some symbol or object, whatever it is that you depend on for protection, and surround yourself with white light. Go in there with the intention to, for communication only, no attachments, nobody is allowed to follow me home, period. And then you're doing this for good and for information, whatever. When you leave, same thing. It's all over with. I still have that white light. Anything that's here must stay behind because it's universal law that if I don't invite you to come with me, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're setting that intention. You're saying, what do you want? As you open the door, you are setting the intention, setting the boundaries for what you want. I always, before I work, set an intention that whatever comes through is for the highest and best good of the person who I'm reading for, right? Or for the class that I teach or the show that I do, that w- that whatever comes through is for the highest and best good of everybody. So setting those intentions, setting those boundaries is really important. It is. It is. You no, know, you hit the nail right on the head. Now, if you want to get more specific, what you just said is exactly the right thing to do. And if I may say that this, I saw this, um, I saw it on TV, this paranormal group was doing an investigation and they happened to be doing it to a cemetery. And the mother was the lead investigator and her teenage son wanted to go. She never took him on, a ba- on an investigation before. Mm-hmm. So she let him go this one particular time. And whatever she did, she did there in a the cemetery. The child was using um, a dowsing rod. Well, he didn't do anything. He just went there looking for whoever he could find. He wasn't specific or anything. You know, whoever's out there, come on, make contact with me. And apparently one went through the uh, dowsing rod as a channel and the open door and attached itself to him, and he started having lots of problems. Mm. <laughs> so there's, you know, I mean, you might not get a dark spirit, and you might. You never know, but who wants to take a chance? Yeah. Somebody said it, maybe it was you who said that it's kind of like, you know, moving into the bad part of town and going to bed and leaving your front door open. Um, yeah, that was me. That's <laughs> you. It's a great, I mean, that's a great analogy because somebody might not walk in tonight, but as, the longer you leave that door open, um, the greater the chances are that it's not going to be your friendly neighbor from down the street, right? <laughs> it's going to be the star- scary guy who wants to steal your television. Um, that's, you know, that's who's going to come in when you when you leave that door open. 
You never know. It's an open invitation. You know, Freddy Krueger could come in. You know, you never know. <laughs> no, not Freddy Krueger. Um, oh, golly, those. I went to. Boy, did I go to horror movies as a kid. I was a. Um, I was growing up as a as a psychic child during that big resurgence of. Um, interest in the occult, interest in the supernatural, interest in um, what we would now call the paranormal of, of the 1970s. And I went to every horror movie I could find. I read every book about ghosts I could read and flying saucers and every darn thing that I could get into. I, you know, was really curious about that. Um, but I think even then I understood that it was important to set boundaries for myself right that you can you, there's a difference between being interested and being immersed and that if you're going to poke your toe in you you got to you got to set those got to set those boundaries were you like that as a kid did you do that kind of reading every book and oh yes my father started me out when i was young he was very smart to keep me out of trouble got me to, interested in rock collecting took me to see the mineral collection the museum and and all that got me interested in weather and lizards so I had all these books and all these hobbies I was too busy to get in trouble but in, when I discovered my abilities when I knew what they were in the uh, early 70s I started buying books on ghosts and astral travel and mediums and all that and um, I actually practiced astral travel successfully around 1971 somewhere around there and my psychic abilities all that stuff way back then and I, wanted, I was just like you pretty much everything you said. In fact, I've had some actual, clear UFO encounters all my life. Uh, I've seen them many times, and sometimes really close. Like the closest one was probably 100 feet from me. <laughs> wow. And I wanted to film that because I was saying, oh, man, this is going to be unbelievable. And it just drained the crap out of my uh, video camera, just completely dead. So I never had a camera during the other encounters, but... There's a lot of strange things. When I was a child, if I may bring this up, I had a dream that these little creatures were coming to my room every night. You know, this lasted for years. Small little goblin-like creatures, and I couldn't move at all. They would take me down to it like a some kind of a torture chamber or something like that, and they would tickle me and make me laugh. And then when I became a teenager and moved out of the area and went somewhere else, I didn't have those dreams any more than a year after I moved. I had the same dream again, but this time in the dream they said that um, you, you, we're going to see you the last time and not anymore, and you know we're not going to do anything. We just want to say goodbye. But these little creatures would take me there, and there'd be a tall witch standing there each time. This tall witch would always be there. After that, I never had that dream any anymore. Do you um, do you feel like? what we think of as UFO encounters or extraterrestrial or alien abductions or whatever, is that, do you think that is beings from another planet, another galaxy, or are they, is this kind of a trans-dimensional thing that's happening? I think it's, it's a, there's billions of beings out there, and people just don't know, but there's, there's many that are close to us, a very small percentage of that, but, um, Yes, some of them are, you know, trans-dimensional or interdimensional for sure, and some of them are from other places also for sure. I uh, One time I, re I remote-viewed a UFO, and I seen those creatures in there, 
and I quickly shut it off because they I suddenly got their attention and they noticed me, so I cut it off right away. Uh, I never did that again. Wow. Well, there's what I'm what I'm kind of what I'm coming up on here. This is cool. This is stuff we never talk about on this show, so this is great. Um, there is has been some scientists and researchers have kind of postulated a link between places where paranormal activity is high, notorious hotspots for paranormal activity, and the occurrence of sightings of UFOs or people reporting encounters with, with beings from um, unidentified flying objects. And I'm wondering if you feel like there is some kind of, um, like an energetic, an energetic connection, if, if those two things really are connected. Yes. They're, in Europe, they call them ley lines. They're magnetic geometrical interlocking patterns you know, that are in certain parts of the earth. And where the pyramids are, you know, the Mayan pyramids, the Incan pyramids, the uh, pyramids they discovered in Japan and Croatia and uh, in Egypt and all that. On the map, the lines directly interlink each other. And uh, all those spots and where the crop circles are, by where stone hedges, and all those other places, there's some type of magnetic anomalies there. It's a meeting place for the intersecting lines, and that energy not only creates energetic vortexes for a spirit, but also for other types of beings. Now, if they're that advanced, they would have very advanced instruments, and there's a specific reason unknown to me why those places are used, other than it has a higher than average, you know, um, magnetic readings there or emanating uh, electromagnetic energy from the earth forces. And so, yes, most definitely, you know, even in the United States, all over the world, there are places like that. I did uh, some mansion in Northern California. I went up there because they have lots of ghosts up there. And I happened to sense that it was over... uh, a magnetic anomaly, a ley line, whatever you want to call it. I wrote about that in my book. Mm-hmm. And that place was really active with past, ghosts from the past, magnetic imprint, and current active ghosts, you know, Native Americans and all kinds of stuff. But anytime I go places like that, like Sedona, for example, I've always felt, you know, you can just, if you're sensitive, even if you're not, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. I think it has a great deal to do with those locations, yes. Very interesting. And as we're waking up, I think part of this waking up may be that our, this is my personal theory, so I don't know what you think of this, but my sense is that as as we are waking up, we are becoming more sensitive to those heightened electromagnetic frequencies and more sensitive then to that kind of higher vibration energy that, that it's like being able to see more colors than you could see before. I think more and more of us are seeing farther, both in time and in space. That's right. As you know, you know, the uh our galaxy or our planets are moving to the center of the galaxy and, you know, the planetary alignments are giving uh off the stronger magnetic pull back and forth and that extra electronic or electromagnetic energy that everybody's feeling also heightens our senses, acts like an amplifier, like a crystal in a crystal radio set. That, that's, you know what I mean? Or yeah. people use crystals. So that's what that does. Right. 
Well, you're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and my guest is David Baker. He is a spirit medium. He's an author. He's a wise man about many aspects of the paranormal, and I'm sure many, many other things besides. His website is davidbakerspiritmedium.com. There's a ton of information on there, so if you're curious, this is a great place to start. Um, David, I'm going to take us back to... Um, somebody who gets excited, they watched, you know, Paranormal Witness, and now they're all excited, and they've got their Ouija board, and they're going to make contact, right? And they haven't set an intention to, to only communicate. They haven't set an intention for the highest and best good. They don't really know enough to do to establish psychic protection. When you open that door, what can walk through? Anything, and I'll give you an example. On the uh, the movie and books, The Exorcist by John Blatty, he told of a story of a little girl, which is really a little boy, which used as a cover to help not identify that person. But apparently, this little child's aunt practiced magic and black magic and used a Ouija board, but she taught him how to use the Ouija board. So she died one day, he inherited the Ouija board, and the child was playing on his own that night, which he shouldn't do by himself, even though he was taught how to do it. I have a feeling that she didn't teach him the precautions about the Ouija board, Mm -hmm. and the spirit came through claiming to be his aunt. And so this inhuman dark spirit, which I feel is a demon, and it will happen. It's a possibility. You no, know, not everybody reports that happening, but it can happen. Every circumstance is different. And it tried to you know, do anything it can to trick you to let it in, to invite it in. Like if you just say, please come in or please show yourself or whatever, there you go. You've already invited it in. It's too late. But it, they will deceive you. They're lying, deceiving evil spirits. And... Uh, it pretended to be his aunt, and he trusted it, and he invited it in. Then he got possessed. So, you know, that can happen. Another story, these people were in um, Mexico, somewhere I forget. They were playing with the Ouija board one night. Things started happening, you know, in the room there. And then they were drinking on top of that, which you shouldn't do drugs or alcohol when you're messing with spirit. And this one guy said, yeah, you know, the he's, he made fun of the spirit coming through the Ouija board. The, the spirit said something to him. He basically uh, told the spirit to go, you know, go screw yourself. You can't do nothing to me, blah, blah, blah. And then the spirit came back and said, I'll kill you. And you're going to die tonight. And he, he laughed and told him to go do you know what. So they closed the session. Everybody left. So they were going outside. This guy had a beer in his hand. He was drinking it. As he was walking across the street to his car, this other car that was up the street, suddenly, somehow, it just started rolling, and it ran him down and killed him right away, right after that session. I mean, that is one of many stories. You know, I can't prove it, but uh, so I'm just telling you these things. But there's, you know, an extreme example right there, you know. And then people can play the Ouija board, and nothing ever happens. Now... Just because you don't believe it doesn't mean that nothing's going to happen. You don't have to believe in these things for it not to happen. Ed Warren, famous demonologist, was in the house. You know, they had lots of uh, 
professors, university professors, and news people, all kinds of people with them doing many of their investigations. They were filmed. This one guy was more than a skeptic. He was a disbeliever. And Ed said, coming in this house here, you're going to find out that you know it's, there's a demon in here. There's a lot of problems. And the guy said, yeah, right. You know, They went in the house, and it wasn't very long. When the can- candelabra came off the table, flew across the room and almost hit him in the head. And he witnessed it. It scared the holy, you know, what up him, and he ran out of the house. <laughs> so I'm telling you, that's okay if you don't believe it. It's because something's going to happen. <laughs> well, when you are faced with that, when you have, I've made, you know, you've made contact with the spirit. She said she's your aunt. How can you discern? How how do you know if you're dealing with um a, you know a, a good spirit or a bad spirit or a human entity or or a non-human entity? Well, first of all, use the intentions that you stated earlier mm-hmm. about doing this for the highest good. Nothing bad, you know, deceptive or evil is allowed in, and you're looking to specifically contact somebody specific specifically and if information is coming through later on anything feels funny in the least then you know stop what you're doing mm-hmm. it's just like doing automatic writing which is another way to do uh, open the door somebody asked me how do I know if you know I'm do, working with a good spirit and I asked her what's the spirit telling her and she told me the stuff and I was, she said I was wondering why he's saying all this other stuff and I said you know what you better stop doing that, get rid of that spirit, you know, because you've got a bad spirit there. You didn't use precautions. You just started asking somebody to help you do automatic writing without being specific, you know. Mm-hmm. That means the invitation is like the open door in any neighborhood. Leave your door open, go to sleep, and see who comes in. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And there are, um, I guess I'm not sure the right words to use, but there are human entities. There are um, people. There are dead. There's the dead people, um, and there are the dead people who have passed and who are just kind of stopping by to say hello or bring a message. And then there are the dead people who didn't go all the way across, right? And they're hanging out. And then there's also non-human entities, and there are many different kind of levels of those. Not all non-human entities are demonic, is that right? No, you have. The uh, light beings, the ascended uh, master teachers, the yep. angels, and you know many others on different levels. Yep. Not all inhuman spirits. An inhuman spirit is an uh, energetic being that has never incarnated into a physical body like us. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, see, there was something I was going to say about that. I don't remember recall, but yeah, that's. For that questionnaire, you're right. Oh, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. Now there are human spirits. There are human spirits out there that may have lived in kind of like the not-so-good part of town that sold drugs. Maybe they mugged people. Maybe they stabbed them with a knife just so they could get drugs and alcohol. Well, in lots of bars, there are people that you, know, you go to a bar and drink, do whatever you want, no problem. But if you're an addict, a drug addict, or an alcoholic, or something like that, those bad human spirits like to you know, hang around those places. They didn't cross over because you know uh, probably of guilt. Plus, 
they want to stay in the action at they're attached themselves to one of those type of people you know attach their energy to their aura overshadow them and kind of like take over them a little bit and so they can feel what the body's feeling you know that high again well there are some of those spirits that get to those type of people and they do something and the next day sit they say they have no memory of doing that I have no memory of doing that fight or whatever that could be because the spirit was in them and when the spirit's in them they don't have any memory of what they did or they could have killed somebody and then next day this guy you know he's a nice guy he has a drinking problem but he's a nice guy he would never do that and he said I don't remember killing anybody or this that and they're in, in jail and I've worked in jails and I have seen possessed people in there in the psych ward not everybody but a small percentage of them are so that's that's another danger right there Mm. And so those lower, uh, maybe it's lower vibration, right? Negative entities are often drawn, and in my work I have seen this as well, although I haven't worked in jails, where uh, people who are in lifestyles of addiction, of um, people who have untreated mental illness and have invited um, contact with spirit, uh, can find themselves with uh, being, I think overshadowed is a really good word for that, um, where you are not always exactly in control of, of what you're doing. And I think that energy of addiction, that energy of, um, of, of mental illness, of something being way out of balance, attracts negative energy to people. Yes, that's a possibility uh, of that happening. Uh, you know, we're all pretty much protected and all that. It depends. Somebody that you know schizophrenic or bipolar or a sociopath or something like that is a great possibility that uh, who knows why, but they may be thinking in another direction. And, and because of the men mental illness, you know they don't have a lot of control. That can easily open up the door to you know bad things. Well, and I don't. I certainly don't feel that um, that mental illness, whether it's organic or non-organic, is is caused by demons, or that people who are mentally ill are possessed by the devil, or that addicts are possessed by the devil. But what I'm saying is that 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 being out of alignment in that way makes it a little bit more likely that you're going to attract something to you than not. Right. Um, I'm, I agree with you on that. The possibility is there, and it probably does happen occasionally. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am aware of, of two cases that, that I am aware of personally from my personal experience where um, someone has been, I think, again, overshadowed is a is a good way where that uh, it's almost like something burrowed in and kind of hid inside the addiction, hid in the disordered thinking, um, and, and was able to, I think, cause that person to do, this is two different people, but cause them to do something that um, they would not normally have, have done. Yes, I, I totally believe that. Yeah. Um, is there a way to tell if you have an energetic attachment or if you have a... Then that's an energetic attachment is different than we're moving into now. We're getting into the scary possession place, too. Uh, how do you tell? What are the signs that you may be overshadowed or oppressed or possessed? This non-human spirit. You no, know, they can't. You know, they work on energy, and to uh, use energy to manifest 
like turning off a light, levitating something, making a sound, hearing a voice, or any of those things show up as an apparition, you know, they can only do it for a very limited time. When they attach to a human being, they can do it too, only for a limited time, but they can come and go occasionally. And when they attach themselves to, to another person, you feel not only that is there somebody watching you, but you feel like, where am I getting these different thoughts at? Or why am I doing this? I would never do that. Or why am I wanting to drink next to beer? I don't do that. Or I'm having these strange dreams. You know, I feel that there's somebody around me. There's somebody sitting on my bed, whatever. You know, if you feel, if you start to know something different and notice it again and again and in other different things, that's a good chance that you could be, you know, overshadowed. And and then what do you what do you do? How is that cleared? Well, if you recognize that that's a possibility through whatever evidence you may have gotten, you know, you can go to church and pray and get rid of it, or you can talk to it wherever you are. You're not allowed in me. I never gave you permission. You got to leave. Or can your Michael come and take him away? Whatever. There's different ways. You know, you can just say, "Hey, this is my body, not yours. You gotta leave now. Don't come back. I don't want you around here. I never gave you permission. Whatever." And burn. You know, uh, I don't know about burning sage and doing all these other things, but you know, if you can't get rid of it by yourself, then you might want to see uh, a medium that's experienced in doing that, so they can see what's going on and help you get rid of that person. Maybe send them to the light and whatever, or you know. See a priest if you're religious and have him, you know, pray over you. There's many different options, um, but I, you know, being in my field, I say either see a demonologist or a medium or somebody a shaman or somebody that knows how to get rid of spirits, or a spirit, a spirit releasement expert or somebody like that. And it seems like it's important to what you're doing is you're restating the boundaries, you're clarifying the rules. Right? This space yes. is mine. I do not agree to this. You have no power here. Now go. That's right. Yeah. Um, in your experience, have you personally cleared attachments from people? No, I haven't. I've got uh, rid of uh, human ghosts from physical places. But I have never uh, gotten rid of them from people. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was one that came that had, an, what do you call it, several demons in him. And I sent him away. And that was the time. Actually, that person didn't come to see me. They came to see somebody else. Uh, this person contacted me because he, he's a teenager. He was playing with the Ouija board at night. In his email, he said he was playing it alone. The spirit came through and said, Hi, I'm your spirit God. I'm here to help you. And so he started talking to it. And eventually it got him to trust him and said, You need to smoke marijuana. It will heal you. You need to do this. You need to do that. You, let, you need to let me come here so I can do all this stuff for you, which he did. Oh. Next thing you know, he's got all these scratches all, all over his body he's getting scratched he's getting slapped around he's getting molested or he, what is he said rape all kinds of stuff and I told him I'm sorry I can't help you this you know so many years back 
before I had resources to direct people to. Mm -hmm. I didn't, and he's the one that caused me to get resources so I can start sending those type of people to, because I'm a medium, but I can't do everything just like a doctor can be a podiatrist <laughs> and um, OBGYN and a brain surgeon, they can't. Well, neither can I. I don't have the time for it under training, so I, I refer the people. So this other medium that was staying with us for a while, uh, she got the email from him too because you no, know, we're on the uh, Dorian Virtue website as mediums, and um, so he found somebody in the local area. And she she told me later about this guy who was coming over. I have a room in the back of my house that I call my angel room. Mm -hmm. so she's going to try and help this guy. And I explained to her, no, you can't. You know, you're not trained in that. Oh, I've gotten rid of spirits from other people before. I said, yeah, but not like this. Oh, that's all right. So I told her that, you know what, okay, since he's coming, take your cell phone and if there's a problem, call me. And so what happened was, you know, I put, you know, salt all the way around my property and said prayers and everything that when this person was to come with his attachments, it was to see her and leave. And that's it. Nothing else could happen. Mm -hmm. The powerful boundaries that none of those demons can hurt us or do anything like that. They came. He, you know, his parents dropped him off. She went back there. Ten minutes later, I get a call. So I go running back there, and this kid, you know, looked like a normal kid, but, you know, you need you to get rid of him right now, right now. She said, well, I got Archangel Michael to try and get rid of him, but it's going to take that. No, right now, right now. Now he started getting really upset. And then his face turned red. Then he started getting really angry and argumentative. Then he stood up. Then his eyes um, changed completely different color first they changed kind of like a white and then they got solid black just like you see on the movies I put my power back to keep them at bay and told her we got to end it and get it out of here and she did and I tell you man you know uh, I can see a, a, I mean I, I, that's, I'm, that's not my gift to fight demons okay I'll mm -hmm. send you to somebody else but that was very scary but I had to be very strong with my angels and hold my ground, my angels and guides, and got them out of it. Nothing stayed behind, and I don't know whatever happened to them. But wow, you know, it's very serious and very scary. And I think that remembering the serious side—that's an—that's an amazing story. That the serious side of this, I think, and what we maybe we're trying to get across to people today is, if you want to go ahead and explore, you do that with. You do that by setting boundaries. You do that with having good psychic protection. And you do that with the awareness that it's not all just your happy, fluffy spirit guide who's here to help you. You are allowed to ask questions, and you're allowed to be discerning, right? One of the things that one of my teachers taught me is that you are allowed to ask, are you of the light? And if it is not, if the being is not of the light, then they're not able to give you a straight answer to that question. That's correct. You yeah. get that right, right, that nose right on the nail. And you know, a lot of people get things confused like, you no, know, if humans are inherently good, then why are we bad? You know, and how did angels turn bad? Well, human beings, we come here, we're good, you know, and we're put on this earth now in a different environment where, you know, you can feel, you have to do stuff to survive, whatever, you can choose whatever path you want, right? But, you know, some humans turn bad, you know, because of free will. Well, when God created the angels, some of them decided to turn bad through free will. 
the same as us. And the head angel Lucifer, which also means morning star, after they rebelled against them, they you know, fell to earth like lightning. Him and all his followers, that was one-third of the angels, he was renamed by religions to Satan. You know, so instead of calling him Lucifer now, you should just call him Satan, who is the devil. His name is not the devil. People, I've been asked that. They get it all mixed up. But uh, they said, well, what kind of war did they have in heaven? Did they use spears and swords and all that? And basically, when you have those type of energetic beings, that type of war is more of an intellectual war. And they lost, and the good angels won. And why do, why are there then negative entities who want to trick or overshadow or oppress or possess? Why is that? If the good guys won, why? Because they're given uh, this area here, Earth, a dimension below ours, not above ours, mm -hmm. as their kingdom. There's time for some future reckoning of some type or another. Many demons have said, you know, they've come into people to hurt them as much as they can so they can, you know, supposedly hurt God or Jesus more, you know, go against him, for example. Now I'm talking about in the Catholic religion. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, Islamic religion, a Jewish religion. You know, I can tell you stories from them, but I'm telling you this one that most people understand. And a lot of the demons say, no, you can't, you know, to an exorcist, don't send us away. We don't want to, uh, you know, we don't want to uh, burn in hell right now when it's supposed to take place later. But if we go back without the soul, then we'll be sent directly to hell to burn right away. And they don't want to do that. And the, uh, and the hierarchy of the uh, demons, which have the same rankings as an angel, because they're former angels, you know, um, cherubs and serpiums and powers and angels and archangels and all that. You know, they have different rankings. And the higher the rankings, uh, the more powerful they are. And they send lesser, more, less powerful demons in to do their dirty work. And they get the credit for it. And so... Not only that, but also they're not suffering when they're in a human, but they're going to make the human suffer. They're going to get a reward for it. And they're trying to take as many souls as they can to go against God, like they tried to take as many angels as they could to go against God. Mm. I'm seeing that our time has really flown by. What would you like to leave people with tonight as we talk about, as we've been talking about some darker stuff? We haven't been in the kitten and rainbows territory tonight what would you like to to leave people with what do you want people to know okay the uh, world of the paranormal the uh, supernatural whatever you want to call it first of all it is real okay that's number one but it's not all bad most of it you know, probably 99% of people's encounters is a pure love practice of pure love and stay in the love and you'll be okay. Don't go missing around if you don't know what to do. Do research, get advice, whatever. It's not all scary. Yes, bad things can happen but that's rare. Mostly it doesn't. So get advice or help before you try to open a door or explore further. 
Yes, absolutely. And protect, protect, protect. And it would be nice if we should have a part two of this show sometime. Oh, and part three and four and five and six. I'm easy. I'll tell you what, any time. Um, I love this. Thank you so much for being here, David. I appreciate you sharing your gifts. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I always love being on your shows. Oh, thank you so much. Um, that is David Baker. Uh, you can visit David's website at davidbakerspiritmedium.com. Please don't miss his Sunday night radio show. It's called Beyond the Gate, and it's right here on Blog Talk Radio. And while you're poking around in cyberspace, please do head over to fogcitypsychic.com and click on everything. You can get details about upcoming classes and events, find out what's next on the radio show, and even set up a private interview consultation with me if that feels like a good idea thank you for listening together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing until next time I'm wishing you peace Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing has turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.